Well, good morning again. Um, welcome again. I've chosen a passage from Matthew Gospel chapter 8. And to be quite honest, um, <laughs> it was Saturday morning. It was pretty early. I don't know what time it was, but I was just like awakened. And uh, these verses came to me. Um, actually, it might have been even Friday, but I'm, I'm mixed up maybe. But, but, but anyway, I think the Lord was... was Speaking to me, I usually don't wake up till it's you know whatever I go to work. Um, but these verses came to me, and he, I even got the title. <laughs> so, um, and I I call it from chaos to calm, and we're going to look at the scripture of Jesus. And I was totally exhausted. He had been ministering, if you read the previous verses, he'd been ministering to sick people, he'd been ministering, he'd been feeding thousands, he'd been on and on, a list goes. People were, were after him. When he started his ministry, people were hearing that he heals, and that things happen. And if you lived in those days, you would probably, wow, I've got to get to Jesus. If, they, if he's doing what he's what I've been hearing, I need that. And so by this time, in this portion of Scripture, I think Jesus is really, really, really tired, his physical body. Because you know God came down and became man, right? He became stuff that you and I have here, flesh. And we, we, we need our rest. We need, uh, we need a balance, uh, meals. And, you know, good luck with that, and, you know, God help us in the day and age and the fast food stuff and all this stuff. We're, we're, we're all, we, we all struggle or strive to do better. But this chaotic thing, I think it's a sense of what our world is in right now. A sense of chaos, a sense of turmoil. And even looking back to the last couple of years, we don't want to dwell on the past, but you know what I mean. There's just stuff that is happening unbelievably happening in our, in our world, in our cities, in our places of, of, of normality, so to speak. Um, thank God there is one who never changes, who is an anchor, and his name is Jesus, who is, as we're going to read about, got onto a boat in verse 23 of Matthew chapter 8. He got onto a boat. And what did he have in mind? We're not for sure, but I kind of have a feeling he just, wanted to get, he just wanted to get away from everything. He just wanted to get away from the crowd, the demands, the needs, the constant, uh, constant needs that were before him. And so he got into the boat. His disciples followed him. And so we can gleam right from that very verse. When Jesus gets on the boat, we could get on the boat with him. Amen? Where Jesus goes, where Jesus is going is where we want to go. Wherever Jesus is taking you and I, we've got to follow with him if we're going to get to where he's taking us. And so we read on, Behold, there arose a great storm in the sea, and so that the boat was covered with the waves 
but he himself was asleep. This is just that absolutely amazing to me. Jesus was sleeping. Like, not bothered by the storm that was on the sea raging. What do we learn about our Jesus? The Bible says that the sleeping of a working man is pleasant. How many have ever read that? I think it's in one of the Proverbs. I think it's actually in Ecclesiastes. The sleep of a working man is pleasant. See, there is this kind of rest that God has for you and I that is necessary for us to function, to be healthy, to go at a pace and a rhythm that he has designed for you. How many know you have to draw the limits sometimes, say no to some guard your time, and maybe some boundaries are good? You know, how did Jesus know what? Which one to pick out of the pool of Siloam, for example? I don't know. He was, the Spirit of God was leading him, but there were a whole lot of people sick there, but he chose the one that wasn't able to get into the pool. We can't, do, we can't fix all need. We can't respond to every need, but we need to be listening to what the Lord is saying. This is something I want you to help. This is an area where you can minister. So from chaos... The, the whole life of the disciples, they, they, they thought their lives were over. This is it, guys. We're going down. And then the, the waves are hitting, and they're bouncing over the boat. The boat is almost sinking. And Jesus is sleeping. And we read on. And they came to him and awoke him, saying, Save us, Lord. We are perishing. Right? Save us, Lord. We are perishing. How many know that people tend to pray harder when you're in a hard spot in life, when you're in a desperate spot of life, where you're in a crisis moment? People pray harder, right? There's something about God getting us to where he wants us to be so that we will genuinely cry out with a fervent heart, Lord Jesus, save us. We are perishing. Jesus knows all about what's going on in your life right now. Jesus knows about every heartache. Jesus knows about every sorrow, every fear, every Thing that we might think will happen, could happen, or whatever may happen, we're not sure of, right? But Jesus knows all things. Therefore, he is going to care for us. You know that God is not sleeping today. No. Jesus required sleep when he was on the earth because he had a physical body. But Jesus doesn't require sleep anymore. Because my Bible says, God in heaven does not sleep or slumber. In fact, he doesn't need that sleep, that kind of rest anymore 
He doesn't have the physical weakness of an earthly body. So the storm came. Number one, a storm came. We are not only kidding ourselves if we're going to get through this life without any storms. We're only kidding ourselves. I happened to find a book, I don't know how it came about, but it was the history of 1969 outings tornado, a tornado, an F4 category tornado occurred in the little town of Outing. How many ever read this? this uh, yeah, the lake turned upside down. That is a fascinating read. It goes into some of the details that happened. Uh, the lake was literally, people saw the bottom of the lake. That they saw the water lifted from the sand. Huge storm. And amazingly, only, only 11 or 12 people were, were, were killed. That was a miracle. It could have been a lot worse. But people that were even thrown into the water, cabins thrown into the water, people, some perished that way, others perished a different way. But that storm hit. It was almost like there was a warning, but there wasn't enough, wasn't enough warning so people could take refuge. Sometimes life is that way. You never know when a storm may be coming in your direction. A storm that is, has to do with turning your world upside down. And you'll never be the same again. So what I'm getting at here, and I believe the scripture is clear to us today, that when we face the storm, Jesus goes with us into the storm. Jesus is not afraid when the storm comes. Because Jesus has a strong, mighty arm. And Jesus has his protection upon us. And Jesus can save us even in the midst of a storm. Life has storms, sudden deaths, illnesses, breakdowns. Sometimes the waves of life come over our boat. Sometimes the waves of life are brutal. Sometimes the waves of life can become annoying and exhausting, can become so that you don't know how much more you can take, and you just need a break. You just need the Lord to say, hush, and still. Be still, calm the chaos to, to calmness. Bring that which is really is a picture of our life that will be before we were saved. Our life was basically we were living for ourselves. We were basically living just with our own understanding. We were relying on self-sufficiency. And then suddenly. Maybe the storm of the life, maybe something, maybe a tragedy got you to think. Maybe it was when you were young. Maybe it was when you were older. You got onto the boat. You followed Jesus. Or you cried out to Jesus. Say, Jesus, if you're really real, if you're really who you say, there have been some prayers like that. God, if you're really the God who you say you are. 
I don't remember exactly where I heard this story. It's coming to me now, but there was a man who was, I think I read this. Yes, I read this. I think I read this somewhere. But it, was a, it was a story that went like this. Man was, man was uh, driving uh, down the road, and, and God was saying to this person, pull into the laundromat and do a handstand. What? What? Okay, God, what are you, are you serious? Yeah, you need to pull it. Okay, I'm going to wait to the hour just before closing. I'm going to come in there five minutes or whatever, five to five, and I'm going to go in there, do my handstand, and leave. It just so happened when he went in there, did his handstand, the manager came out and said, may I speak with you in my office? And he had a revolver laying on his, on his desk. He said, I prayed, God, if you are real, before I take my life, send someone in here to make and do a handstand. I, I unbelievable two story. Well, God is able to get through us. Some people are so desperate. They're looking for answers. They're looking for is, is someone who would live it out, demonstrate Jesus goes into the boat because he was weary and tired. But I believe Jesus also knew what was ahead, so what was coming, he was not caught off guard. It was another lesson. It was another teaching moment. And so Jesus responds to them like this in verse 26. He says to them, why are you timid? (laughs) In other words, why are you afraid? Why are... Why are you so little of faith? And they're just going, oops. And he got up and he rebuked the winds and sea. And it became perfectly calm. Have you ever been on a, a ride when the lake is perfectly calm? It's just maybe one of those mornings where the glass is crystal you know, the water's like glass. I had, I've had some experience in my younger day with, I, I'd be canoeing, you know. It seemed like I had more time when I was younger to go canoeing. But I always loved it when the lake was like glass. There was a calmness about it. And so the canoe thing leads me to another personal example. My friend Brad, this has been, oh my goodness, it's over 20 20-some years ago already. My friend Brad was, he knew that I picked wild rice. I grew up doing that. It was one of the things we did. So Brad approached me, and he was attending the church way back in the early days when we started the church in the community center. He goes, Pastor, I want to go wild rice picking. I want to do that, what you were talking about. And, uh, okay, let's, 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 get a, let's get our stuff together, and let's you know, I think he maybe had a canoe, and we got our license. The way we went, but for some reason, he was smart enough to bring a piece of plastic. He said, "I don't know what what was up, but I I never brought plastic when I went picking wild rice. I never prepared for rain." So he's the smart one. I said, "Well, we can just stuff it under the seat if we need it." Like I said, this this like I'm thinking this you're not you know whatever. And then, so we get out, 
and, it, and we have so much time, like two to, I think the, it's 10 o'clock to 2 o'clock, there's a frame of time that you can pick. Then you have to get off the lake or you'll get, you know, the game worn on your heels. And so we're, we're out there and we're going good and everything's going well. We're, our boat's getting full. And all of a sudden there's a west, dark front coming, banking up in the west. Wouldn't you know, Brad is so, he's so excited. Well, let's go around one more time. We should have left then. But let's just go one more time. And so we're, the way we went, and sure enough, crack of lightning. And now, if you, anyone knows what I'm talking about, when you go pick rice, you have a pole that's about from here to the ceiling. And that's how you motivate your canoe, right? Push the other guy does the flailing, knocking the rice into the canoe. Uh, something said, lay your pole down. Lightning strikes things that are right usually higher. So now it starts to rain, and it's thundering, and lightning, and it's dark, and so we hunker under the plastic. Now if anyone cares to know some of the details, when you're under plastic, when it's raining, it's very loud. You, you feel like you're maybe not getting enough air. And then there's these little bugs that are crawling because that's just the nature of the product. It all gets burned away when you process it, just so you know. So there we are. It's crackling, lightning, booming, and I'm thinking, well, thank you that Brad had the sense to bring some plastic on our first ever trip picking online. The storm came. Friends, if you've been in storms, if you haven't been in a storm for a while, storms is a part of this journey in this world. Storms is a part. Storms are, I'm not going to say they're necessary, but they're a part, it's a part of who God is. Maybe it's because of the fall of man, nature, even nature itself goes into upheavals. We're seeing all kinds of weird things on our day in the earth where we see extreme drought on one side of the planet or one side of the nation or drowning on the other side. It's interesting to watch what is happening in the earth. But more than the physical storms, I believe there is a spiritual storm that is taking place in the spirit realm that God is building his church. God is at work, but the old enemy over here, Satan, wants to bring up stuff, wants to turn things over, wants to throw people into fear and all kinds of things. And we have news. Jesus will go with you through the storm. You keep hanging on to Jesus. You see, it's not a bad thing to cry out to Jesus. That's a good thing. When you call upon the Lord, Jeremiah's word said, he will answer you and show you great and mighty 
things. The psalmist said, he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High, Psalm 91, 1 and 2, he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge, my fortress, my God, in whom I trust. Friends, we are to be people that know where to turn when the storm hits. We know in the spiritual realm. We know that the enemy comes in like a flood. The scriptures talks about it. The enemy comes in like a flood in the verse of Isaiah. I didn't take time to look them up, but there's a verse that says he will raise up a standard against it. Now that standard has to do with the banner of who God is, the Jesus, the banner, his name. So when the people looked to the banner, when the people looked to God, they were able to win the battle. Friends, storms will come, but Jesus calms storms. Isn't it interesting to know that God is not the author of confusion? God is not about confusion. God is about peace. God is about bringing you to a place where you are, even though your world may be falling apart around you, your inner man is at peace. How can that happen? How can that be? Because God is live, comes to live within you. God wants to live and connect in your inner man. Your inner man, your spirit man, is your eternal part. That's the part of you that's going to live forever. That's the part that God wants to connect with, his spirit bearing witness with your spirit, that you are his. And if he's with you when you raunch out and you don't know for sure how it's all going to turn out, you don't know, you don't know if you're going to make it. But if you know Jesus, you're going to make it. We don't know how long we have to live on this life. We don't, have this, we don't have it all figured out. But God has a plan even after this life is over. You are on the winning side with Jesus. Jesus calms people. I had a friend, I, I mentioned this before, I had, a, I had a grandma, another grandma. And... Uh, I delivered her firewood back in the day when I was a young teenager. She became a, a person that would pray for me. And uh, she, would, she would tell her story to me about how God helped her in her, her hardships. She lost her husband quite young. She had three, four kids, I think it was three boys. And then, you know, she worked, scrubbed floors, did everything and anything to keep food on the table. There were a lot of uncertainties. There were a lot of heartaches. And she learned how to pray. And when she was older, she, she had an asthma condition. And when she got upset, she couldn't catch her breath. And so she told me, Gary, um, you know, I may call you and I'll be out of breath. I want you to read. She picked out the verses, some verses in Psalms. She had her favorite portion of Scripture. I want you to read those verses to me. If, you, if I ever call you, sure enough, I was in Palisade. It was, now we'd started a ministry at the college there. 
Sure enough, I get a call, and I can hear this. this and I could just hear, I knew it was Lydia. I said, Lydia, is that you? I, I'm going to read the scriptures now. I'm going to read the verses. I was ready. I got my Bible, and I started reading those verses. It comforted her pretty soon. She, she said, thank you, Jesus. She could get out, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Pretty soon she was starting to get some sentences in. Pretty soon she was able to, she was talking again. There's something about she had learned that where she turned when, when the waves of life were overwhelming her, when she was upset, when she was feeling the anxiety. Friends, we've got to get ourselves to a place where we can hear again. We need Jesus. Sometimes we feel like he's sleeping, but he's not. He's never going to sleep in heaven. His eye is on the sparrow. He knows the hairs of her head. He knows all things. He's, his heart is toward you. He's just a prayer away. I've said this recently. He's just a prayer away. And when you talk to him, you, you don't have to be with a group of people. Thank God you can be where in the quietness and the fact Jesus said, when you, when you pray, when you go pray in your inner room, when you go behind the Close the door. Get alone with God. Get alone with me and pour your heart out there. That's there where you'll find me. And Jesus hears our cry because he is a good God. So number one, there was, there was a storm. Number two, they called to Jesus because they were so afraid. They called to Jesus because they knew he was their only hope. And thirdly, he calmed the storm. He, he brings peace. He was able to get off that boat. They were able to get on the land again. They were able to go back to their business. They were able to go back with the ministry that God was calling them to. Did they understand it all? No. Even by now, after all the miracles they've seen, all the stuff that Jesus had done, the disciples were still learning and messing up. Failing, but God chose them because he knew what they would become because he was going to work and continue to work. You see, when everyone goes home, this is where it gets hard. If you, some have lost loved ones and everyone goes home, the memorial service is over and you're alone. And you're there. But Jesus is there. I encourage you to call on his name. It is in that name, the song I used to hear sung by part of my relation. A name I highly treasure. My uncle and his wife used to sing that song in their ministry. No other name by which I have salvation. That name brings healing to an aching heart. And so when things fall apart, when the whole world is chaos, maybe it's just a day, maybe it's just a moment, but still chaos comes. Still a storm can be short. Last week, we get these two-minute little rains, right? Little bloopers. Then the sun would come out. But sometimes our world, our life is like that. It's just short little thing, things to dig at you. Things to kind of to get you. 
Because Satan wants to bring you and I down, doesn't he? He wants to bring us into a place where we just give up, right? Throw in the towel, so to speak, but don't do this. The enemy has to go because when Jesus spoke, the winds obeyed. I encourage people to speak out loud the name of Jesus. When you're all alone and you're feeling something weird down, Jesus, I'm yours. Jesus, take care of whatever it is. I, I rebuke the enemy in the name of Jesus. That's all good. You take authority because Jesus has given you authority. Jesus has given you his word. Jesus has given you a sword by his word. Slice it. Cut it. Get rid of it. Go into your inner room. Our strength is in our God. All the church, all the churches, if they will look to Jesus, can have this peace. The denominations, there's all different varieties of denominations, but there's only one God. I don't always agree with everything. It's okay. Let's just agree on Jesus. Let's let's take to the main thing. We're all learning. The enemy would love to cause confusion. He wants to divide the church. That's the enemy. But Jesus comes to unite the church. Unite the church. The people from all walks of life walking together, lifting up the name of Jesus. I share with one you one more faith story. This is one I this is astounding. This is this comes from a, an extended family member that I was with working this week. And he had a had a, I think it was a a sister or brother that's in missionary work. And uh, it's one of those countries, you know, over east. I can't remember exactly. Calcutta, that could have been. But anyway, there's this, there's, there was this village, and there was this one man and his son that were working inside and were cleaning a, a charcoal burner. That I, I'm thinking this thing was big enough that you could walk in it. They would burn wood in there, and then the, the wood would turn to coals, and they would sell the charcoal. So while they were in the cleaning, that thing collapsed, and it literally crushed the man that was in it so bad. I don't want to gross people out, but he he was bleeding internally, and one of his eyes was dangling. They carry him to one doctor, and that doctor says, take him to the other doctor. This is primitive conditions. And that doctor says, no, take him to the other doctor. But neither, neither doctors wanted to deal with him. And finally, the man says, that was hurt, 
Take me to the church. Take me to the church that he had heard about. Here, a little church, the people of God, they just they started laying their hands, praying for about 10 minutes. And that eye began to retract and went back in. A witness, he witnessed the miracle. And then his internal bleeding began to feel good. Jesus did it. Jesus heals. And I'm wondering, Lord, can we see miracles here? I think we can if we believe. They don't have the medical stuff that we do here. They don't have, they're desperate. Something about when you're in a place of desperation. The disciples were desperate. They were going to drown. And so they cry out, Jesus. And Jesus rebukes the winds. In just a few moments, we're going to remember through communion the bodies, the body of Jesus that he gave for us, the blood that was shed for our salvation, but also the scripture is clear in Isaiah 53 that it is also for our healing. And so when we participate today, we're going to be rejoicing and thanking God for our salvation. At the same time, let's receive this communion as a step of faith. We're saying, Lord, in you there is healing. And wouldn't it be wonderful to see God and believe God for healing today?